You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? I am Jimmy Kemsky of phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is the flyered up Brandon Lee Gowton of bleedinggreennation.com. Brandon, first intermission here uh, as we record this. Flyers up 3 nothing. How you doing, buddy? Jimmy, doing well. Love to see the Flyers doing well, of course. Uh, day nine, I guess, here of training camp. on, And then this is BGN Radio 141. Um, we only have a few days left here, so, you know, getting it in while we can. And, of course, BGN Radio brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. And now you can eat the same meat snacks that the Eagles do by going to RighteousFelon.com and using discount code BGN15 at checkout for 15% off. Jimmy, where do we start today? Well, uh, the way that you phrased your headline is a good way to put it. You have a couple of 2019 uh, draft picks, Eagles draft picks. That had uh, very noteworthy days, and for uh, opposite, you know, polar opposite <laughs> reasons, uh, JG Arthago Whiteside has had a really good camp so far. He had a spectacular day today. Andre Dillard, uh, not so much. It really just one rep for Dillard that was really bad. Uh, didn't have a good day overall, but it was just the one glaring rep that was just so bad, and. Uh, I think, you know, the concerns about him protecting uh, Carson Wentz's blind side were amplified today. Uh, I'll just I'll just uh, paint the picture real quick uh, for for the listeners. There was an 11 on 11 session in which uh, Joe Osman was rushing uh, from the right side of the defensive line and nothing special, like nothing fancy, just a straight bull rush, got under Dillard, pushed him way back. Dillard basically fell on his ass uh, or more accurately he fell his ass fell into <laughs> Carson Wentz's left knee yeah I mean he got he got put on his back uh, by Osman it was just a just a straightforward pass rush Osman isn't the biggest guy so for him to be able to sort of uh, take him the way that he did is uh, really concerning and Dillard just fell into Wentz's knee Wentz's knee kind of uh, bent awkwardly uh, as he went down, you have you know a 325, 330 pound guy falling into your into your left leg uh, at at an awkward angle, and a, there was like a sort of a, uh, a, a a big scare there in camp for a second or two. Wentz happened to pop right back up, and he's fine. Like he finished practice no, with no issues or anything like that. So there's not, you know nothing to worry about in terms of his health. But uh, I think there is something to worry about in terms of his future health <laughs> with uh, Andre Diller protecting his blind side. Yeah, that was a big thing I talked about going back to the draft. It was like it was super hard for me to be excited about the Eagles, like what they were doing in the time in the draft when I was thinking about, you know, Dillard and all these reports that we had heard about him, specifically around the time of the draft when the Eagles yeah. kind of were potentially even considering moving him in some kind of deal. 
Um, and really, it's just fit the theme of the offseason where there's been a lot of concerns raised about Andre Dillard going back to January when Jeff McLean had that article that like the, you know not everyone in the building was ready to really turn the page on JP and give the job to Dillard, mm-hmm. and there's internal concern about Dillard. And then you know Derek Gunn at one report at one point that they were like dangling out him out there, and just a lot of things that you know didn't inspire confidence about Andre Dillard. And sure enough, I don't think he's had a disastrous camp. Like I wouldn't say that. At the same time, I'm not watching every offensive line snap. You know, it's just hard to do. But I mean, this was a disastrous play, or it could have been. Like this could have yeah. this could have been Carson Wentz's season right here. Like just by <laughs> right. And, and to you know give more context to the situation, you're talking about like a fifth defensive end on the team at best, a 2018 undrafted rookie free agent signing, like destroying. And not, not a big, not a big guy at all. Well, he's jacked, but yeah, not yeah, not yeah. He's just, he's muscular guy, yeah. but he's not like he's not like a, a big hulking defensive end. He's a yeah. smaller guy. And and in any case, just undrafted rookie free agent from a couple years ago, destroying your first round pick <laughs> offensive tackle that you traded up for in the draft. Like that is just not good enough. And obviously, the offensive line as a whole hasn't really had a great camp. And yeah, there's serious concern about Dillard. I said a level. Uh, of concern with him for me is 7 out of 10. Maybe that's even underselling it. Jimmy, what would you say your level of concern is? I'm at like an 8.5. So I, w- I wouldn't – I mean, you said he hasn't had a bad camp. Uh, I, no, 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 no. I, I said I, he hasn't had like a, some kind of disastrous camp. Yeah, he hasn't had – okay, that's fair. Yeah, so like I don't think he's had a good camp by any stretch. I think mm. he's actually kind of had a bad camp. Um, yeah. you know, this isn't the first time he's been beaten on a bull rush uh, this camp. I mean, he's gotten pushed back plenty. Uh, during this training camp, but that was the first one that was just really. You didn't even have to be watching him to see that to see this play and see like you know when's getting his knee buckled. I happened to be watching him on that play. I watched mm-hmm. like I I went into today sort of um you know wanting to watch him specifically, and I happened like I happened to be I had my binoculars on the play too. Like I happened to be watching him him specifically, and again, like I said, there's just nothing uh, fancy about you know that about Osman's pass rush move or anything like that. He just went straight bull rush and just buckled him right into Wentz. It's just it's just really not good, and uh, I think it's a huge, huge concern for the Eagles going forward. Not not only just in this year, but going forward in terms of like if if he's a bust, you pretty much have to consider left tackle their biggest offseason need next yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, because what else do you have really? I mean, are you is Jordan Mailata even going to make the team? Like that's not really a, a surefire plan. Um, you, you're probably not going to put Matt Pryor out there. You know, I don't know if Jack Driscoll or, or Prince Tega Winego are like really real options that you're just going to lean on there. Jimmy, I want to ask you if you had to set an over under for for uh, <laughs> the time for Jason Peters to take over yeah. <laughs> at left tackle. And this obviously isn't. We're not counting injury here. We're just talking like performance related. What would you set that over or under at? That's I've, I've already given that some thought, and uh, I go week. 3.5. Jeez. Mm, that's terrible. That would be the, <laughs> that would be the week before uh, they face the San Francisco 49ers mm. and, of course, Nick Bosa. So, yeah, that that would be when I'd be really concerned if I were the Eagles if he has a, a, a bad start to the season. And really, I think, like, right now, right now already, I think their their best five is JP, Sayamalo, Kelsey, Prior mm-hmm. Lane Johnson. I don't think their best five is Dillard, Samalo, Kelsey, Peters, Johnson. So that's pretty concerning. <laughs> so, so there you go. I mean, I understand. Like you don't pull the plug on Dillard yet. Like you hope that he can, you know, kind of snap out of it. 
mm-hmm. show something and, and be the the left. You can't like give up on them now. But I, you know, if I were the Eagles, I would sort of have uh, an itchy trigger finger uh, and and maybe have a quick hook if things aren't going well early in the season because you know they think they're Super Bowl contenders and certainly in this garbage NFC East, you know, it's a vision that they can win and. I don't think you can stick with him for too long if uh, if it's just not working out. And he's the, and the way he's getting beaten is just with pure mm-hmm. power. So it's not like it's it's something that is like super fixable. You either have the strength to to stop these bull rushes or you don't. And right now it doesn't like he bulked up a little bit in the off season, like he got more muscular. But does he have the functional strength? to to stop uh you know these these powerful NFL rushers. And I would say his struggles are so concerning for, you know, Carson Wentz specifically. Like, I mean, that goes without saying he's playing left tackle. If I'm saying like I'm trying to say here, you know, if you have Mac Collins playing out there at wide receiver and he's ineffective, like that doesn't damage Carson <laughs> Wentz in the sense of yeah. like He's not going to injure him, you know. What I mean? right. Carson Wentz is most likely isn't going to get hurt because uh, Matt Collins is out there at wide receiver. He he is most definitely going to get hurt. If you know Andre Dillard is playing like this, and and that's the guy protecting his blind side, and you can't trust him, like that's that's a huge deal. It could sink the whole season, basically. Is what I'm trying to say. It could be like a season costing mistake to have him out there for an extended period of time. So for that reason, yeah, I agree. You can't just you can't have an unlimited leash. There has to be a limit on the leash, especially like if the rest of the team is kind of looking good and clicking. Yeah, like you you can't just you can't just have him out there and being like, well, we have to figure it out. Now, at the same time, that's pretty disappointing if you have to pull him, again, because what you gave up for him yeah. and that he's supposed to be your left tackle of the future. But, you know, at some point you have to just be real and admit that he just he might not be, which is which is really concerning. And I guess this is probably the Eagles' biggest concern, right, Jimmy? Yeah, it's my biggest concern for the Eagles for sure. And I don't think it's really close between that and whatever would be number two on my list. Well, how would you rank them? How would you rank your, your biggest? Would it be, first of all, would that be yours as well? And uh, how would you rank your biggest Eagles concerns right now? Yeah, I would say that when you you know you factor in for importance, um, yeah, left tackle Andre Dillard, him specifically, is a huge concern. Offensive line, I really think you can kind of group as a whole now. Too, just the way they've looked in camp hasn't been encouraging. I would also put wide receiver up there still, just because I want to see the guys prove it. We went over this yesterday in our mailbag yeah. podcast. You can post, and guys have been looking good in camp, and I'm encouraged. But like until they prove it, like I still I'm still not fully buying into that. So that's still a big concern to me too, um, and just wondering. You know, is Carson Wentz truly going to have enough weapons or is this going to be another situation where like last year, you know, you have PFF ranking the Eagles receiving core like number one in the league. And we all think like it's going to be really good. And they look good in week one. You know, Alshon and um, Deshaun have big games and, the, and like, everything is looking great. Um, so, yeah, I want to see it in game action. But I think, yeah, again, the Dillard thing just has so I much. I do feel better about the wide receiver position now, for sure. Like yeah, a lot I, better I about it after after these first 10, you know, or excuse me, nine. Uh, um, you know, practices that, that we've been able to watch. Like they've they've all they've all made their share of like really nice plays. You know what? Like I barely seen the ball hit the ground really at all in this camp. Yeah, I tweeted. At, at least at least the one the, the, you know the passes that have that have been on the receivers. Yeah, I we talked about it again yesterday too. But like I haven't noticed many drops really. Like yeah, drops I mean. are yeah, they, they, far they, between. Like, they've barely dropped anything. Which like, is, can you re- can you remember a JJ drop? I think he had one. I heard some I, like someone tweeted it, or I think Bo Wolf had mentioned it. Like he had one, like on that first day he returned. But outside of that, I can't really think of another. We mentioned John Hightower, I think, on the last pod. You know, really hasn't had any drops. Um, Rager's dropped a few punts. Yeah, Watkins has had a few drops. 
but for the most part, he's been pretty yeah. good too. But yeah, I mean, it's night and day compared to like last season where they couldn't catch anything. Why don't we take a break here, Jimmy, and then we'll get into yeah. more of JJ on the positive side of things. Back after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back here on BGN Radio episode 141, going over our training camp recap. We started off negative, and you probably already turned off the <laughs> podcast if you're not looking for uh, some negativity in your life right now when it comes to Mr. Andre Dillard. Hey, we got we, 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 we to gotta say what we see, buddy. I agree. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to sugarcoat it, and I think people respect that and, and get that. But too, it's nice to focus on the positives. And JJ Arthur Whiteside, Jimmy, like you said, he's he's been looking great in camp. I thought specifically, obviously in the red zone, he stood out today. But the the things I would spectacular uh, day today by JJ. Good hands, good route running, and good body control really demonstrated all of those things. Um, that pass. I think we just we need to talk about the pass that. You know, you, you kind of tweeted it out in the description, um, and you can get into that. I want to say from my vantage point, it almost looked like he intercepted the ball. Like, I, I swear <laughs> yeah. Carson was staring down Greg Ward on that play. <laughs> and then, like, I didn't even know where J.J. was. Like, I just saw him come out of nowhere. And Eagles PR uh, staffer was next to me, and he was like – he couldn't believe it. He was, like, incredulous. Like, it was just that amazing of the a play. The best catch of camp, in my opinion. What did you see on that play? Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, it was a laser from Wentz. Um, I didn't see the other receiver coming across from like my vantage point. I saw JJ sort of the whole way mm-hmm. and uh, he was running, you know, across the back of the end zone and uh, the, the pass was, whether it was for him or not, <laughs> the pass was behind him and he just reached back with his, with his right hand and he didn't pluck it clean with his right hand. Like if he had plucked it clean with his hand with the, mat, with the you know, the, the amount of heat that this pass had on it, like that would have been amazing. But he, he, you know, the ball kind of bounced off of his hand a little bit uh, initially and then he was able to sort of corral it, but at the same time, kind of toe-tapping along the back of the end zone. And I don't know how he kept his feet in. As you mentioned, the body control before uh, was on full display there. And just, in my opinion, it was, it was the best catch of camp. Like, there's been a lot of good catches in this camp so far, but that one kind of really – that was a great, great catch uh, just with being able to catch it with one hand and then also uh, being able to toe-tap, really having the wherewithal to toe-tap and then actually being able to execute it while making a, a spectacular catch. And, yeah, I mean, like, the people in my area were like, I mean, it really kind of got their attention as well. Uh, and, and then earlier in the can- in, the, in the day, rather, uh, he had another diving catch uh, in the back of the end zone where he was able to keep his feet in. And uh, I, I know Kelsey got really fired up mm-hmm. after a uh, Deontay Burnett catch uh, during camp, but he was fired up after that catch as well, ran in, kind of did the uh, side bump with, uh, with J.J., so JJ's making a lot of nice plays. He's making all the plays that he should make. Like again, like we mentioned, he's barely, you mentioned, you know, there might be one drop, uh, if that. He's also made a lot of very good catches, whether they be diving catches, the one-handed catch we just mentioned, contested catches, you know, sideline catches where he's keeping his feet in. He's just had like a really, really good camp, 
And I think there's legitimate reason to think that he's actually going to contribute this year, whereas last year was kind of like a total waste. And his mentality, again, we talked about it when he had that press conference last week, and he talked again today, just seems to be in a better place. He just seems to like be in the right space mentally. And I said, you know, that doesn't really mean much if he doesn't back it up, and he is backing it up. So, yeah, definitely encouraged by J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. I wonder what the wide receiver position is going to look like. I still think, you know, Deshaun is obviously your starting Z, although ideally the Eagles probably don't want to be playing him 100% of the the time if they have to you know kind of manage yeah. him to some extent uh, and so you, you kind of want I think I think it's gonna be some kind of rotation of a top four between at least most heavily between Deshaun and I think Rager specifically and JJ at the X position and then you have Greg Ward in the slot I'm pretty sure he's gonna be their starting slot guy and get a lot of time there and then you know with the way John Hightower is looking I mean he made another impressive catch today deep deep catch uh ball in the money from Carson Wentz contested uh over the shoulder catch with, you know, Avante Maddox on him, like uh, ornaments on a Christmas tree, and makes the catch anyway. Um, so maybe, like, you know, a, a Hightower and a Watkins rotate in, maybe more so Hightower. Um, I don't know if all six are active, but I think it's going to be some kind of rotation in there. Is that fair to say? Who's your – yeah, I, I think so. Who's your uh, third in snap counts? JJ or Greg Ward? Because I, mm-hmm. I guess we're both probably assuming it's going to be one, two – Deshaun, Rager, and whatever order you have them, and then three, four is probably going to be Ward, JJ. So who do you have getting more snaps, Ward or JJ? I'll actually say Ward early on, just because I really do. Like Carson loves throwing that to Greg Ward, he really does. Okay, I think JJ maybe gives you a little bit more in terms of where you can line him up. You're gonna be you're not gonna be lining up Ward much on the on the outside, obviously. Whereas Agreed. JJ, I think he can play inside and outside and outside. I don't know. I think I might go JJ on that. Okay. Especially for the for the season in its entirety. I think he's actually maybe going to contribute this year. I'm a little bit sold on him. <laughs> he's, he's definitely going to get playing time. Like we know that now. Like it's it's just it's going to happen. I'm going to be totally tricked by a, uh, by yet another training camp. <laughs> I'm setting myself up for uh for abuse later in the season. But I actually do think uh this training camp is legit. The performance that he's put together so far here is legit and I think it's going to carry over to the regular season. I think they might actually have something here. I think he's, uh, you know, I mean, I don't want to get carried away with what he's going to do, but I think he's going to be a positive contributor uh, in 2020. The other big news from training camp, Jimmy, is that Jannard Avery carted off the field today, went down in pain, had a bunch of players come over to him. Doug Peterson came over to him, uh, didn't look good. He was holding his hands on his head for a while. Just, you know, not, I mean, obviously we don't, as of this record time, we don't know the official word, but it just, it does not look good for Jannard Avery and, you know, you never want to see that. Um, obviously, he was not having a good camp prior to injury. So I feel like this kind of bails out Howie Roseman because uh, I, I feel like if we're just going off of merit, you know, it, he should have been cut and he should not have made the team. But now it looks like, you know, if he has some kind of ACL injury or season ending injury, the Eagles can just stash him on IR and try to, to develop him more. Um, what's your take on the Avery injury? Yeah, he, well, he got hurt on a play where he was rushing the passer up the middle. Uh, Fran, who was standing nearby, Fran Duffy, seemed to think that he was rushing from the outside, was looping inside, and was uh, trying to cut uh, in the hole uh, to try to go towards the quarterback. It was, uh, I believe it was Wentz on the play, um, and his knee just, bang, gave out. I saw him go down, um, and he immediately was in pain. Like, the look on his face was not good. And uh, as you mentioned, he had his head in his hands for a while. 
Uh, Craven came out, you know, wished him well. Jake Elliott sprinted over from wherever he was. Uh, he wished him well uh, as he went off on the cart. So, you know, not the two leaders of the team. Not, not, <laughs> that's right. So, uh, you know, disappointing, sad news for, for Gennard Avery. Uh, I don't think he was going to make the team. Uh, I think if he would have made the team, it would have um, maybe hurt them is the wrong way to put it. But I think a, a better player would have missed out on making the team had he made the team simply because they traded a fourth-round pick for him. And as you mentioned, now Howie dodges the bullet of having to cut him. Uh, not that Howie's rooting for, you know, Gennard Avery to tear his ACL or whatever happened to him. Right. But, <laughs> but uh you know, he, he dodges the bullet of having to of having to, having to cut him, and if you know that ever comes up, he can always answer in, in a way where it's like, "Well, we'll never know what he could have done because he tore his ACL." <laughs> so I don't know, but uh, t- tough break for for Gennard Avery today. But again, we we've mentioned already a number of a number of times that uh, well, first of all, you look at the defensive end position, and you have your four locks in, in Graham, uh, Barnett, uh, uh, Sweat, and Curry. And then thereafter, you know, there's guys sort of fighting for that fifth defensive end spot. Do you think there's a chance they keep six, or do you think it's just going to be five? It's kind of tough when you look at how it breaks down. It's not impossible. They could keep six. It's it's definitely doable, but it's just kind of like not super easy depending how you you know you do your breakdown. I think it's possible because I think Osman has really earned a yes. spot. Like he's he's looked pretty good. And Toolhill, I think he's done a lot of good things too, and he like his potential. I, I still don't think he's ready to contribute right away at all. Like I don't think you want him playing, but I think he's shown enough potential where you don't really want to lose him. And uh, even Sharif Miller had a good rep today. He he was getting some run with the first team defense. I thought he had a, a he uh, he beat Matt Pryor on the edge to get like pressure on Carson Wentz, kind of force a sack or a throw away, whatever. So yeah, the Eagles have options there for sure. Um, what about you? Sharif Miller turned his uh, ire toward the media. When mm. was that? A day or two ago? Last night. Okay. Fake news, Jimmy. <laughs> I have him keeping six. I have him keeping both Osman and Two Hill. I mm. didn't. I haven't had that on my any of my projections so far. But on the next one, I will have them keeping six defensive ends, and those will be the two guys that they keep. Also, on the injury front, wanted to mention that Sidney Jones returned to practice today, and that he was wearing a helmet. But I'm like a hundred percent sure that he was not in team drills. I did not see him taking reps. Uh, with the full team, I did not I, see him in team games. Games. I don't think he played in team, in in eleven on elevens at all. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty was, sure of that. I would have noticed that. I think it was because it was Craig James and Rizul Douglas as the second team outside cornerbacks. You know, where usually Sydney has been there when he has yes. been healthy. So, I mean, that's like basically the seventh straight practice where Sydney Jones has not participated in team drills with only Friday, Saturday, and Sunday remaining. And, so, and you know what? Not great. We, we haven't seen much of Lane Johnson either. Yeah, he, he got hurt, what, a couple of days ago? And now he hasn't been out there for like three days or yeah. so now? Uh, at some point, that's going to be concerning. So, we'll see. So especially when your left tackle isn't looking <laughs> right. good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, uh, Pryor's been filling in for him. Uh, Pryor's actually looked pretty good from what I've seen at right tackle, which is a little bit surprising to me. I think, uh, you know, there was at one point I'd, I'd taken a sort of a deep look at, at Pryor's snaps last season, and I kind of had him pegged as – guard only but he's actually been pretty good at right tackle from what i've seen there so far uh yeah priors had a good camp but anyway uh, i'm getting a little off track here any other injury uh things to note i just have some small notes i guess okay. to, to wrap us out here i had i think jalen hurts has kind of cooled off a little, a little bit. bit like you know what a good day i don't think sad yeah he did he no he threw that pick to result on a play where like held the ball on too long Obviously, a big issue with Nate Sudfeld. But yeah, overall, I- I've always maintained that Sudfeld kind of looks good in the red zone. For whatever reason, he can throw that fade. He kind of just looks like sharper down there. I, I guess because like 
he doesn't always have as much time to hold on to the ball down there. Like you kind of have to make a decision quicker because yeah. you're running out of room. Um, so I think that kind of helps him. Yeah. And I think like early in training camp, Hertz was just so clearly outplaying Sudfeld. And I don't think that's been the case as much recently. Um, I still think Hertz is coming for that job, but like for right now, it's still Sudfeld. I also had Elijah Holyfield had a good spin move to fake out Sean Bradley. I think Holyfield is that favorite right now still for that fourth running back spot. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Do you think there's any chance they only keep three? Sure. At least yeah, initially. But I think I do especially think with that new, I do think Holyfield's making the case. Especially with that new role where you can um you, bump you, you can bump up a couple guys. practice squad guys each week. Like it would make sense to do that with a running back. Yeah. Because who's gonna Holyfield's on who's the gonna claim Holyfield? I don't know. Maybe no one. Yeah. Maybe the Panthers, um, maybe they maybe they take him back. <laughs> new era though, just, new regime. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Deontay Burnett continues to look good. Had a one-handed catch today on like a ball thrown behind him, tipped it to himself. Like just pretty impressive. And and Jason Kelsey praised him for that. You mentioned that earlier. Yep. Just continues to look good. No doubt in my mind, he at least deserves to be on the practice squad. I had Duke Riley had a pass breakup. He continues to look active in coverage. Uh, I, I love the energy the defense plays with Jimmy. You know, like Rizul had that pick. And then he pitches it to Craig James, yes. and they score a touchdown. And like the, the defense is going crazy, and they've been pretty vocal in camp, and they've played well, so they've you know earned their right to be energetic. I, I think that's definitely uh, something to watch out for this year. Fletcher Cox just, uh, had a little dance after he did, was able to get a did. get a hand on a, on a screen pass. By the way, he has uh, he's looked okay so far. Like he's not a guy that like really stands out in camp ever. Because he like mm-hmm. doesn't go 100 percent usually in camp, but you think I mean you compare him to where he was last year, where he didn't practice at all in training camp, and I think that's sort of a, a, an underrated thing that we haven't mentioned yet during camp. Sure, yeah, that's the th- those are always the things you can take for granted. Just the guys who are good, uh, looking good. And on that note, I saw Zach Hurts like freaking pancake Elijah <laughs> Riley. Yes. You know, yes, I saw that too. And uh, he was, he, I mean, he was pretty happy with himself after that too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Riley gave him a high five after that too. And it kind of looked like they exchanged some words there. It wasn't he did, but there was something. Oh, going on and there, Fletch, so. by the way, getting back to him, he and JP kind of went at it a little bit today. Did you notice that? No, they didn't get a full on fight or anything like that. But they 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 were, they were barking at each other after one of the reps early, like really mm-hmm. early in camp too, or really really early in okay. practice rather. So that was kind of interesting to see. Anything else, Jimmy? Before we wrap up, no, that's it. Other than uh, if you're looking to buy or sell a house, by all means, call the best realtor in the history of the universe, Kristen Roach, eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. Kristen Roach, Roach Realty. How about you? You know, it's funny <laughs> you say that, Jimmy, because uh, we actually had to take down the BGN Radio, the only Eagles podcast, because the NFL wanted us to wasn't happy with us trying to claim that we were the only you know what i mean this this very realistic claim that we were making that we were the only eagles podcast you know wait the nfl had a problem with that yeah so so why here yes so wow you know priorities well why would they care why would the nfl in fairness though we were trying to trick everyone the nfl doesn't have like an eagles podcast why would why would they care i have no idea but uh anyway that's um, yeah so So setting the schedule here, you know, it looks like the Eagles are probably going to have another physical, like kind of, it'll be thud for the starters, I imagine, and then tackling for the backup units on Friday, or sorry, I keep getting my days messed up. That's just the nature of training camp. I lose track of time. Thursday, August 27th, the Eagles will have this physical practice, then they'll have off. Do, do you, I don't think so. I think they're going to go light today because they, today was basically, the, I mean, they, they went live today at the end of practice. So that was their second okay. of, the, of the two live practices that they're going to have. 
Tomorrow's going to be like 95 um, degrees. I don't think they're going to have a really physical practice tomorrow. I think they're going to go light. What? And then they'll have the day off on Friday. And then they come back on Saturday and Sunday. And, uh, you know, one of those two practices might might be a little lively. But I, I think they're going to mm. go soft tomorrow because it's going to be it's going to be hot as hell out there. Okay, so three more practices left in any case, and then off day Friday, we'll have three more training camp recap podcasts for you. It's gone by quick. I feel like at least on my end, Jimmy. Yeah, well, it's shorter obviously this year for us than than it's been in the past. It's just going to be twelve practices, mm-hmm. whereas before we probably got around like sixteen. Oh, before we move on too, by the way, one quick note on the Giants. They lost two, well, one for sure defensive starter in Xavier McKinney. Um, maybe for the season he has broken foot, and then he's going to get surgery on that uh, soon. And then uh, David Mayo, a linebacker who maybe not necessarily a bona fide starter, but was competing to start maybe. He's out now with a torn meniscus. Uh, so they're, I mean, I can't, like, <laughs> like you said before the podcast got rolling, I can't imagine how, uh, how that's possible with the tame camp that the Giants have had under Joe Judge. And you don't like a mayo. You're more <laughs> of an aioli guy, right? Yeah, aioli kind of is mayo, though, isn't it? It's like, an, it's like a mayo mix. It's like, isn't it? It's like a gar- I have no garlicky idea. mayo, something. But I, I do not like mayo. That is correct. I'm more of a, I'm more of a mustard guy. You, you don't like mustard, right? Oh, it depends. Like, if it's in a Cuban sandwich, that's where it belongs, you know, like in that kind of context. <laughs> but I don't, like, just love it plain okay. or, or, like... Anyway, well, I mean, uh, you don't just, like you don't you don't just eat spoonfuls of mustard. I mean, I don't. <laughs> this might surprise you. I like it on a Cuban. I don't like it on its, on its own. You know, those are the two extremes. <laughs> those are one of the only two ways you can have mustard. So. <laughs> yeah. This has been BTN Radio episode one forty one here on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Obviously, subscribe, rate, review. The season's coming up soon. You want to be, you know, stay tuned for all the good content we have here, and then on BleedingGreenNation.com, and obviously Philly Voice for Jimmy. And you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Yum. Follow Jimmy on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Follow BGN Radio on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. Follow at Bleeding Green on Twitter. Help us get to the 100,000 follower mark. I really want to get there at some point. It's going to happen eventually. Why not get us there sooner? And then obviously, as you know, BGN Radio is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Turkey, where you can go to RighteousFelon.com and check out their meat snacks or their non-meat snacks. And you can use discount code BGN15 at checkout for 15% off orders we'll be back here jimmy and i will be back here on thursday before the eagles have off on friday as i said before and then until next time bye everybody